guys, and welcome to the Moms and Mysteries podcast, a true crime podcast featuring myself, Mandy, and my dear friend, Melissa. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Mandy. How are you? I'm fantastic. It's February. <laughs> it's a new month. I feel like a new person. I. T- it's only February 2nd. I told you yesterday that February was already awesome, and you're like, wow, Mandy, that's the spirit. We're only one day in. So. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I'm that pumped up about February, but I guess I need to be. I need to match your excitement, um, but I'm glad February is here. It already is sunnier outside. Like, it already looks better. I'm, I'm, I'm telling I'm you, it re- there is really something to it. There's something to saying goodbye to January. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, my daughter's birthday was in January and we were even talking about it. She's like, it's been like 10 days since my birthday. She's like, it feels like forever. I was like, I know. Like we couldn't believe it either. I know. I know. So it's also a leap year. It is. Which is always fun. And I decided to look up like the actual reason why we have a leap year. Do you know the reason why there's a leap year? Okay. Here's my, my thinking. So we Every year is technically 364 and a quarter days. And so those move and then they add together and that adds one more day. Well, it's 365, but the rest of what you just said is accurate. Wait, what did I say? 364? Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know if if they just didn't teach me that in school or if I have just, I obviously have never like looked it up or cared enough to really learn or it just didn't stick with me. I probably did learn it in like the third grade. But yes, that is the reason why. So the actual time it takes for the sun to go around the earth is, or for the earth to revolve around the sun. Honestly, I couldn't tell you which way that goes, so don't worry. (laughs) It's actually 365, like in a, about in a quarter. So every four years, they add a day to the calendar to make it make up for it. The other thing I found out because I was like, well, what would happen if they didn't? That was cool. Right. Of course, my next line of, of thinking. Of course, you would go there. Yes, of mm-hmm. course. So without leap days, though, the calendar would be off by five hours, 48 minutes and 45 seconds more every year. And then after 100 years, the seasons would be off by 25 days. So that's why we have to do it. Otherwise, like, it won't sync up with the seasons, like the actual oh, seasons that we know right. would eventually shift. And so it would be like, I don't know, 100 years from now, we would have summer. It would be like... It would be like in- Australia. We, we yes, flip, exactly. We flip hemispheres. That may be yeah. fun. Yeah. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's interesting. Um, my husband's aunt has a leap year birthday. And so I always think oh, that's wow. kind of interesting. I don't, that's the only person I know, but like how weird that has to be, you know, especially I always like thought the, that would be cool. So when does she celebrate usually? Does she say, does she claim February 28th or March 1st? I don't know. It's his aunt. I don't see her very often. <laughs> <laughs> She's very nice. I just don't see her very often. I just know that it's on um, leap year. So it's kind of cool, but yeah. I can't give you any additional information. No, <laughs> nothing. Yeah. So February off to a great start so far. Very happy about that for sure. Melissa, as you said, it's getting warmer. We have a beautiful weekend coming up. I'm very excited. Um, I feel like now 2024 is starting just now. We're erasing everything that happened before this. (laughs) There's a lot of good pop culture stuff, so I'm not ready to do that, but I will let you just have this. (laughs) Okay. So we'll get into the episode for this week. This story is really something else. It kind of deals with something that we all deal with, which is social media, interacting with people online, meeting people on the internet, and truly not really knowing who they are at their core uh, when you think about it. And I do remember a time when meeting people online was considered actually risky and dangerous. And 
it really wasn't that long ago. It was really when internet access became widely available and everybody started using chat rooms and just having access to people that you wouldn't normally have access to. And I kind of grew up in this like era where this was starting to become a thing. And I remember my parents always telling me that, you know, I needed to be careful online. They were always drilling internet safety into my head, you know, telling me that there's bad people out there that now have access to everybody, you know, through these chat rooms and through the internet. And they always told me to never even share so much as my real name, certainly no personal information that could ever track me down like physically or anything like that. If I ever told my parents I met a friend online and wanted to meet them, do you think they would have let me do that, Melissa? <laughs> Absolutely not. Plus, you could no. have accidentally gotten in a chat room with a teenage girl who was pretending to be an 80-year-old man for no reason. Been right. there, done that. <laughs> I was a big danger. <laughs> I know. But even today, I feel like that has stuck with me just because like I said, we kind of grew up hearing that it's like danger, there's danger lurking on the internet. And I don't think I'm ever really going to get over that. I still have this kind of unspoken weird fear that I need to protect my identity online and that somebody out there could just be watching in silence waiting to sabotage me or hurt me or something. I think it's a healthy fear, though. Honestly, I'm way on board with that. I I definitely think there's something to it. For sure. There is something to it. But times certainly have changed in terms of what society considers normal. And most of the interactions people have now, especially like the younger generation is all pretty much done online. People are meeting friends online. Most people are meeting their romantic partners online. And really, like this was not a thing even 10 to 15 years ago, people would actually look at you with concern. If you told them you were dating somebody you met online, Melissa, you kind of have a similar story of that. Oh, I met my husband online. And for a while, I told people that we met through his sister because she lived in the same town I did (laughs) because that seemed less weird because exactly what you're saying, people thought it was strange. So right. Or I had to go back and (laughs) figure out the temperature of the country and everybody was like, okay with it. I'm like, by the way, we met online. Don't worry about it. It's I had never met a sister. It's good. Right. (laughs) Yeah. But it's so common now, like nobody bats an eye at all. If you say like, hey, I have this friend and someone says, well, where do you know them from? Right. You're like, oh, I met them online. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares. Everyone's like, oh, that that makes total sense. Yeah. Um, but even though things have changed, it really does not mean that we should let our guard down because there are still plenty of reasons to be very careful with who you talk to online and who you share personal information with online. And, you know, the internet is a wonderful thing, but it does have an ugly side. And that is kind of highlighted in the story that we're discussing this week. Living the influencer lifestyle is like starring in your own reality show, where the plot revolves around the dramatic unveiling of the new bikini that you just brought on vacation, and of course, the nail-biting suspense of choosing the right photo to post. Influencers truly do work around the clock. They're always creating aesthetic content with all the vibes, and they're doing it all while maintaining a hairstyle that defies both gravity and common sense. Nice clothes, cars, houses... All of these things are a must for any decent highlight reel, but yet an influencer's currency is not gold or Bitcoin, but the number of followers they have. But hey, we're not here to knock on influencers today. You do you, and may all your angles be flattering and your sponsored content deals be ever plentiful. I'm just providing a little bit of context into the lifestyle that Kelsey Nicole Turner was accustomed to. In 2017, Kelsey Turner was in her early 20s and living her version of the good life. She had seen success in modeling and had appeared in magazines, including Playboy Italia, which led to having an Instagram following of over 100,000. Kelsey, who 
went by Bad Barbie on social media. You need to point out that Bad Barbie has two Ds. Oh, Bad has two Ds. Yes. And not it to makes be confused, a difference. <laughs> not to be confused with Bad Baby, which is the Cash Me Outside girl. Or Bad Bunny, which is okay. Kendall Jenner's ex-boyfriend. There's and like a rapper. Too many baddies going around <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, so she mostly posted pictures of herself in just this skimpy lingerie and bikinis. And that was the type of account that she had. She did have a quote in her Instagram bio by the rapper Pilo that said, if they hating got a price to pay California on my license plate. Could you tr- translate that for me? Because I don't have a clue what that means. I think she's saying if you hate on me. You're going to pay the price. And I live in California. (laughs) (laughs) As long as we're on the same page there, because that's what I got out of it. Okay, good. So in 2018, Kelsey applied to be on the cover of Maxim. And in the questionnaire she had to fill out for this application, she described herself as a Russian-American blonde just trying to change the world. She said that if she won, she would use the $25,000 prize to pay off her student debt and to help her family. In another interview, Kelsey said she loved thrills and she loved having fun. She just wanted to really live her life to the absolute fullest. According to Kelsey's friends, she was the type of woman who was always dressed to the nines. She always had her hair and makeup done. And if you were to look at her, she really was just portraying that Instagram influencer vibe. And that actually was important to Kelsey. She wanted people to believe that she was living this very lavish lifestyle. But in reality, Kelsey wasn't actually making that much money from modeling and influencing, so she had to get creative when it came to funding her dream life. Sometime in or around 2017, Kelsey met Dr. Thomas Kirk Burchard online. Thomas was a much, much older man. He was actually pushing 70 when he and Kelsey connected. Tom was an accomplished child psychiatrist who was living in California and working at Community Hospital of the Monterey Peninsula. He was actually the only child psychiatrist in that area for a very long time. After he got his pre-med, he went on to receive his medical degree from the University of Virginia in 1974. He went on to intern in his hometown at the Cincinnati Children's Hospital before moving to L.A. to become an adult psychiatry resident at a VA hospital. After that, he worked as a child psychiatry fellow at UCLA and eventually found himself at Community Hospital in Monterey. Tom lived just a short distance away in Salinas, California, with his longtime girlfriend, Judy, and her children. Tom was known for being a very caring and compassionate child psychiatrist. He eventually became the director of child and family programs and the chairman of the psychiatry department at the hospital where he worked, and he even taught a few classes at a few colleges, including UCLA. Thomas was known to be really excellent with his patients. He would always have buckets of candy and snacks for the kids, as well as piles of books and Beanie Babies to play with. Tom also often performed magic tricks, with his signature trick being that he could turn a $1 bill into a $100 bill. I wish I had that ability. I know. And like, is this an everyday (laughs) thing? How many times can you do it, Tom? (laughs) One of Tom's patients even said that going to Tom's office was like going to Willy Wonka's. But Tom wasn't just trying to butter his patients up and their parents. He really cared about each of them and would often go into overtime due to spending so much time with his patients and giving them the opportunity to be heard out. He was also joyful and never seemed like he was in a rush. When his patients turned 18, Tom would actually continue to see them if they wanted. 
One of his patient's fathers said that Tom was the nicest man you could have ever met. He did so much for his patients, including buying food and school supplies for them and even helping pay their family's rent. Even when Tom hit retirement age at 65, he didn't completely retire. He just cut his hours down and started working a four-day week. He just didn't want to leave his patients. So we don't know the full details about exactly how or why Tom got into contact with a 20-something-year-old model and Instagram influencer, but we can assume that it was likely through one of Kelsey Turner's social media accounts. Although Tom was in a committed relationship with Judy and had helped raise her children and later played a role in her grandson's life, he actually had this history of befriending younger women online who were down on their luck and just needed a leg up. He would give them money to help them take care of themselves. Judy was aware of all this. She later said she thought Tom got a huge ego boost from doing this and said she really didn't feel threatened by his relationship with Kelsey. She said that Tom had given money to around six women over the course of their relationship, but it was done to a greater extent when it came to Kelsey. Judy said Tom was overly compassionate just as a person, and all he ever wanted to do was help people. He believed everyone could be good and no one is intrinsically bad. And that's something Judy didn't necessarily agree with. She believed there were people out there who would take advantage of Tom and his generosity. After meeting Kelsey online, Tom exchanged numerous emails with her and got to know her as a single mom who was suffering financial hardships and just needed a little boost to get back on her feet. She told Tom she didn't have any credit, and so therefore she wasn't able to rent a place by herself. So Tom agreed to sign the lease on a home that cost $3,200 a month in Salinas. Judy warned Tom that things could go south really quickly if Kelsey didn't hold up her end of the deal and pay this $3,200 a month rent, and it would fall on Tom's responsibility to take care of it if that happened. But Tom didn't listen, and that is what ended up happening. Tom started paying the rent for Kelsey, and then later when she told him that she needed a car, he either loaned or bought a BMW for her to drive. It got to a point where Kelsey just kept having all these things that she needed, and only Tom was able to help her with them. Rather than being humble and grateful for everything that he had already done for her, she started acting entitled and started demanding things. She was constantly expecting Tom to pay for everything, and I mean expensive things, or just simply give her money. Over the course of two years, Tom gave Kelsey over $500,000 for things like prescription drugs, money, rent, and access to cars. Eventually, this turned into a full-on what you could call a sugar daddy type of relationship where their interactions were both intimate and transactional. Tom became obsessed with Kelsey, and according to his friends, he was willing to do whatever it took to keep her in his life. He even told his friends that his feelings for Kelsey made him understand how heroin addicts must feel, which that's a those are that's a strong way to describe how you feel about someone. And coming from this psychiatrist who literally knows right. what that means, it's not just any old person saying that, like he's really in this. He's really right. obsessed with her. Yes. Kelsey, of course, was also invested in the relationship, but definitely not for the same reasons. She had become dependent on the money Tom was supplying for her lavish lifestyle, and as we mentioned before, this was something that was really important to her, and it was a key factor in being able to portray herself as the ultimate influencer. And boy, do we have so much more to get into after a quick break to hear a word from this week's sponsors. 
If you've been looking for a brand for personalized kids' clothes, check out one that we found and we love called Caden Lane. I am absolutely obsessed, and that's because their clothes are not only adorable, but they're so flippin' buttery soft right out of the package. While Mandy and I don't have little, little ones anymore, we can certainly remember those days and appreciate the quality of Caden Lane. With over 70,000 five-star reviews and millions of customers, you don't have to just take our word for it. Caden Lane was started back in 2005 by a single mom who wanted just that. Better and cuter clothes, accessories, as well as keepsakes for her own kids. And oh my gosh, did we mention how cute the clothes are? Seriously, I could spend hours on the site just looking at matching mommy and me hospital sets or the adorable color me pajamas, which are exactly what they sound like. Pajamas your little one can color on with washable markers, keeping kids busy for hours. And with summer coming up, you have to check out their worry-free fun in the sun. Not only are their bathing suits really beyond adorable, but they can also keep your little one's sensitive skin safe with their UPF 50 plus sun protection somewhere that blocks 98% of harmful UVA and UVB rays. This means sunscreen fights have gotten a whole lot easier. I so wish I knew about Caden Lane when my kids were little, but the next best thing is getting some for my little niece, Nora. Nora, what's your favorite part of your Caden Lane loot? I really like the PJs because they're soft and you can color on them. Caden Lane is your one-stop shop for all your newborn, infant, and toddler apparel. Head to cadenlane.com slash moms and use code moms for 20% off your order. Once again, that's C-A-D-E-N-L-A-N-E dot com slash moms for 20% off. And make sure you use our promo code mom so they know we sent you. Life is all about compromise. And if you're in a relationship or if you have siblings, you know that firsthand. And while there are times you have to compromise, like when you have to drink Pepsi, when there isn't Diet Coke available, when it comes to your health, there's really no compromise. Everyone has doctor's office horror stories. And if you want to avoid those altogether, check out ZocDoc. ZocDoc is an amazing place to find and book doctors who not only make you feel comfortable, but listen to you as well as prioritizing your health. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Honestly, booking your own appointments online is one of my very favorite features. That and being able to read real patient reviews to let me know exactly what kind of doctor I'm getting ready to see. When you're looking to schedule a doctor's appointment, it's not really because of something fun going on in your life. And while we do have things like annual checks, most appointments we're making are for things like being sick or you're in pain or you're just concerned about something, which means you're already anxious leading up to this appointment. ZocDoc really takes that away by allowing you to read these real patient reviews and also be able to filter for things like the type of doctor or specialist you need, as well as what insurance they take. And you can typically be seen within 24 to 72 hours. I love that when I was looking to schedule an ENT appointment for my daughter, I was able to do all of that online without ever having to have an awkward chat with the receptionist. I was able to read the reviews and choose a doctor that was just a few miles from me that took our insurance and we actually love. I use this and you should too. Go to ZocDoc.com mysteries and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top rated doctor today. That's ZocDoc.com mysteries. ZocDoc.com mysteries. And now back to the episode. So before the break, we were discussing a little about Dr. Thomas Bouchard's background and sort of how he's met Kelsey and just the beginnings of this relationship they had with one another that 
ended up, as Mandy said before, kind of in a little bit of a sugar daddy situation. So the longer this went on and the more Tom provided for Kelsey, his girlfriend Judy began to see the signs that Kelsey was just not a good person and she was only concerned about Tom's money. But Tom really had blinders on and he refused to see it. Judy later claimed that Kelsey had done some very shady things like forging Tom's signature on checks and even stealing from him. Judy finally had enough of this, and in the early fall of 2018, she told Tom that it was time to completely cut Kelsey off. Well, this didn't go over very well with Kelsey. When Tom tells her that they have to end their relationship, Kelsey sends a text where she actually threatens to kill Judy. Nevertheless, Tom stops paying the rent on Kelsey's home, and he informed the landlord that he would not be making any further payments. He also at this time takes back her BMW. So when Kelsey doesn't pay the rent for three months in a row and Tom doesn't help her do that, the landlord finally evicts her. At this point, Judy just wants to get Kelsey as far out of the picture as possible. So she actually suggests to Tom that he could pay for her to relocate to Las Vegas, which is a good place for her to do modeling as well as it's eight hours away from Tom. How fed up do you have to be to be like, can you just relocate her to another state? (laughs) I know. And you know, she's thinking like, I don't even think Las Vegas is far enough. Like she wanted to be forever. But like, that would be enticing to somebody that's Instagram modeling and influencer. Las Vegas actually makes a lot of sense, right? So Tom agrees to this. And in December of 2018, he paid for Kelsey and her son to rent a four bedroom house in Las Vegas. This was supposed to be the final, you know, end of their relationship. And Tom tried to stay out of her life, but Kelsey was really relentless and she kept texting Tom and, uh, you know, saying she needed more money for literally everything. So Tom continues to give money to Kelsey and he even buys her a new Mercedes to replace the BMW that he had taken back months earlier. So Kelsey was very brazen with this and she had no problem rubbing it in Judy's face. She actually sends a text to Judy with her picture in the Mercedes and said, quote, thanks for taking the BMW. I look better in the bins anyway. And then she followed that by three middle finger emojis. So Uh, poor Judy, like what did Judy even do? Like she just exists. She hasn't even done anything to Kelsey. I mean, she is Tom's girlfriend. They live together. Like just the audacity of this happening and this girl being like rubbing it in her face and saying all these things like what did judy even do she did nothing nothing so meanwhile kelsey invited multiple roommates to live with her and her son in the vegas house despite telling tom that the house was just for herself and her kid but i gotta kind of wonder because it's a four-bedroom house she did not need a four-bedroom house like, okay well one could argue that just because she needs a car she also doesn't need a bmw or a mercedes oh, true. But it seems like tom true. just wanted to give her not just help her but also help her with the best of things. Right. Okay, good point. Because I'm like, well, right there, that tells me something's up. But you're right. So Kelsey actually had a boyfriend named John Kennison, who went by Logan, um, who was actually living there, as well as a friend named Diana Pena, and another man whose name is not important because he really has little to do with the rest of the story. So Tom didn't know about this guy, Logan, at all, and he certainly didn't know that he was a former gang member who had been previously in prison. In 2016, Logan pleaded guilty to conspiracy to violate the Uniform Controlled Substances Act and was sentenced to serve between 12 and 32 months, followed by no more than three years of probation. He was released in August of 2018. 
So Kelsey continued to demand financial support from Tom and just would not stop asking, even though Tom repeatedly pointed out how much money he had already given her at that point. Tom's friend said he was having a really tough time getting away from her and being able to put really any distance between the two of them. But by February of 2019, he was ready to fully break things off because he couldn't afford to keep paying for Kelsey's lavish lifestyle anymore. Later in February, Kelsey contacted Tom and told him that she was sick and she wasn't able to take care of her son. At this point, Tom is feeling like he's being had, and I mean, he wants to go out there and see for himself what's really going on. So he told Kelsey that he was going to come out to Vegas and visit, and really, he just wants to go there and see if she's telling the truth, right? you know, what's going on in this house that he's paying for, just all of it. He hasn't seen any of it in person. When Kelsey finds out that Tom's going to come to Las Vegas, she panicked because keep in mind, she has this house full of roommates and also that secret boyfriend that Tom isn't aware of. So she tells all of her roommates not to tell Tom that Logan actually was her boyfriend. Instead, they were supposed to tell Tom that Logan was her tattoo artist that just lives with her. (laughs) But also, that's like a frivolous thing to even... You know what I mean? Like if I'm this person and I'm thinking like, I I would say a cousin or something, but like tattoo artist says, I'm, this is another person you're paying money to, Tom. You know, like that's a whole other industry. For sure. So without even telling Judy that he was leaving, Tom flew out to Vegas on March 1st. He called Judy after he landed and told her what was going on. And he said Kelsey was just such a pervasive liar. He had to go out there and see things for himself. Judy got a really bad feeling about all of this and asked Tom to just get on the next plane and come back home. But Tom chose to stay in Vegas and try to get to the bottom of everything that was going on. He was supposed to return to California on March 4th. On March 2nd, Tom texted Judy saying he was excited to come home and he thought things had been resolved with Kelsey, meaning the ties have been cut and everything is going to be fine. But after this text, Tom stopped replying to Judy, and he wouldn't answer her calls. The following day, March 3rd, Judy texted Tom and asked why he wasn't answering his phone. She did get a reply that said, I'm out to lunch. But really, this was just not an acceptable answer to Judy. She said, you know, she's been with Tom for a long time. She said he wasn't the type to ignore calls while he was having lunch. And when that was the response that she got, it just gave her this sinking feeling that whoever had sent that reply wasn't Tom. But she sent back another text asking, you know, why it was a problem to take a call at lunch when it had never been an issue before. And then she got another response indicating that Tom needed to charge his phone. And after that, the phone was turned off and Judy's continued texts and calls went unanswered. Later on March 3rd, Judy called the police in Las Vegas and asked them to conduct a welfare check at Kelsey's house. Officers did go to the home, but they were unable to make contact with anyone inside, so there was really nothing more for them to do. I don't fully understand this, because if I send the police to your house to check on you and no one answers the door, that's like the reason I want them there to check on you, right? right? So like, I isn't thought the that same like, thing. 
like what do they I don't understand. I guess I don't really understand how police welfare checks work. Um, if anybody would like to explain that to us, please. Send one us person. A Just one. talk talk amongst yourselves <laughs> and know. pick one representative um, to email us. Because yeah, I would think. I mean, I get why they can't. Because obviously, what if people just aren't home? The police can't just go burst through your Breaking door because your someone yeah. tells t- says that they need you know you to be checked up on. But I do kind of feel like it is kind of a weird thing, right? Because I'm like, that's the whole I, point of this. Right. If I said I was worried about you and sent the police to check on you and they said she didn't answer the door, I'd be like, yeah, I know. Exactly. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think they have to have some. OK, I could be wrong, but I think they have to have something more like see something in the window or whatever to be able to do that. But I understand like both sides of it. You don't want somebody yeah. just going into your house. But then also, what do you do when you can't get a hold of somebody? Right. So the next day should have been when Tom was flying home to California, but Tom still wasn't answering Judy's texts or calls. Judy goes to the airport anyway to meet him since she knew about this flight home, but it became clear that something was terribly wrong when Tom never got off the plane and the front desk agent told Judy that he never checked him for his flight. Judy immediately called the Las Vegas police and reported Tom missing. So officers go back to Kelsey's house again and try to conduct a welfare check. But once again, they're unable to contact anyone inside. On March 5th, officers went to the house again. Even though nobody answered the door, officers did notice that all the lights were on inside the house and the blinds were up. There was mail that was piled up the mailbox and a package sitting at the front door. The officers walked into the backyard and saw some windows open, so they peeked inside. That's when they noticed signs of a struggle when they looked in. And since the front door was unlocked, they went ahead and made entry into the home. So it sounds like we answered our own question once they realized something could have happened (laughs) and they go in. So nobody was inside the house, but it reeked of ammonia and there were cleaning supplies scattered in every room. They believed that this looked like everyone had just abruptly left this residence. After two more days with no answers, Las Vegas police got a 911 call on the morning of March 7th that would finally shed light on what happened to Tom. In a very rural area of the desert off State Route 147, a man spotted an abandoned Mercedes. This is the type of area where you're driving, not Mercedes, you're driving 4x4s, you're driving trucks, you're driving ATVs, that sort of thing. Like, you're off the beaten path, right? Vehicles meant to be off-road, for sure. Right. But all that to say that there's no reason you'd bring a Mercedes out here. Not only would it get banged up, it can't really make it out there. So the man who finds this car was actually out there testing out a new Trekkie bot, which makes sense. So patrol officers agree that some sort of crime has been committed, so they go out to the deserted area and found a blue 2017 Mercedes-Benz C300 two-door coupe with a California license plate. The windows were rolled down to the car, but no one was in the car. It appeared that whoever was driving had actually gotten stuck on a pile of rocks where they were trying to move it behind a mound like to conceal it better, and when it didn't make it there, they just up and left it where it got stuck. When police ran the license plate on this car, they learned that it was registered to a person in San Francisco and the vehicle had not been reported stolen. They were able to use the push start ignition to start the car and they opened the trunk just to see what was inside. Upon opening the trunk, officers smelled a foul odor and noticed a bunch of clothes, bedding and just other random things inside the trunk. When they started moving the stuff to the side, they saw what appeared to be a human body part. 
crime scene investigators came to assist and take over the investigation, and they found tire impressions and footprints at the scene around the Mercedes. Inside the car, there were several latex gloves and evidence of a small fire having occurred on the front passenger seat. It appeared that this was an attempt to light the entire car on fire, but the fire had actually extinguished itself before it it caught and was able to do that. Blood was found on the driver's seat headrest and in the back seat. There was also small tears in the headliner that were noted. All signs pointed to a violent attack taking place inside the car. The Mercedes was towed to the crime lab for a more thorough inspection. Everything was removed from the trunk, and that's when investigators found the body of an older white man with intense trauma to his head. The body was soon identified as being that of Dr. Thomas Burchard, who investigators learned had been reported missing by his girlfriend Judy days earlier. A medical examiner determined that Thomas died from blunt force trauma to the head and ruled his manner of death a homicide. He was apparently struck multiple times with an unknown object that left a unique pattern. His body also had several defensive wounds. Several items of evidence were recovered from the Mercedes, including latent prints, swabs of possible DNA, blue latex gloves with blood on them, clothing with blood on it, Thomas's vest and house keys, a blue and white striped bath towel, and a baseball bat. There were also cleaning supplies in the car, and it looked as though someone had attempted a cleanup. The blood evidence suggested that Thomas was attacked in the vehicle, but it was unclear if the attack started inside the car or if it was started outside the car and then continued inside the car. The blood evidence also showed that Thomas's body was likely removed through the passenger door and then placed in the trunk. At first, they thought the baseball bat was the murder weapon, but then they realized that was way too big to be used inside the car, so they were sure there was a different item used in the attack. The latent prints they recovered were then sent off for analysis and hopefully to be identified. And we have so much more to get into after one last break to hear a word from this week's sponsors. February is the month for chocolate or love or eating chocolate that you love. But besides chocolate, one thing I do love is a comfortable bra. And today's sponsor, Honey Love, is the love of my life when it comes to revolutionizing the bra game. Say bye-bye to underwire and that bulky fabric that just feels like you've put yourself into an oven and say hello to supportive bonding that means no underwire while still giving you a lift. And if you're fed up with those delightful quirks of some bras like the bulge that spills over in the back, Honey Love's got you covered. Their bras come with back-smoothing fabric designed to prevent that pesky issue. In addition to creating cute and incredibly comfortable bras, they also specialize in the most comfortable yet effective shapewear, tanks, and leggings for everyday support. Honey Love is your one-stop shop for all those things you didn't know could be both comfortable and supportive all in one. After finding out the comfort of just one Honey Love bra, I had to buy a second. I recently got one in the color Fig, which is just a really beautiful purplish reddish color with this mesh detailing that's missing from other supportive bras. It really feels like you aren't even wearing a bra, which should be the goal of all bra companies, but only Honey Love seems to get that. From everyday looks to workouts to weddings and more, Honey Love has you covered. Treat yourself to the best bras on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash moms20. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off, honeylove.com slash moms20. After you purchase, they ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. 
Treat yourself to honey love because you deserve it. Are you ready to revolutionize the way you enjoy food and essentials at home? Introducing Dash Pass from DoorDash, your ultimate ticket to convenience and savings. With Dash Pass, you gain exclusive access to unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders, along with members-only deals and discounts that will leave your wallet smiling. Whether you're craving the flavors of your favorite restaurants, need groceries from across town, or anything in between, Dash Pass ensures that everything you need is just a few clicks away, delivered right to your door. With Dash Pass, not only do you enjoy $0 delivery fees, but you'll also benefit from lower service fees on eligible orders, making it the most affordable way to satisfy your cravings and stock up on essentials from your local favorites. What I really love is how quickly DashPass pays for itself. On average, it takes just two orders, which makes it a no-brainer investment for your budget. And as if that weren't enough, DashPass grants you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, adding an extra layer of excitement to your DoorDash experience. You get all this for only $9.99 a month, which is a small price to pay for unlimited convenience and savings. My family and I have had DoorDash for the past year or so, and while I make most meals at home, I don't know that I could mom without it. I used it twice just this past week while we were dealing with a stomach bug at home, and it was so nice to have and to be able to focus on getting better and not running all over town to pick everything up for everyone. Don't wait. Sign up for Dash Pass now and unlock a world of possibilities, all from the comfort of your home. Dash Pass from DoorDash, delivering joy, convenience, and savings straight to your doorstep. Get more from delivery for less with Dash Pass. $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for Dash Pass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for Dash Pass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. Before 2023, the only thing I could tell you about magnesium was that it was on the periodic table of elements. And to be honest, I don't know that I was 100% sure about that either. But recently, the benefits of magnesium have come up a lot, making me very excited to talk about this week's sponsor, Magnesium Breakthrough. Raise your hand if you wake up every day feeling like you're in a bit of a fog. I see those hands. And you aren't alone. I'm actually one of those hands that's being raised. There's nothing worse than waking up, thinking you're going to be nice and refreshed, only to feel quite the opposite. For me, taking Magnesium Breakthrough has proven to be a fantastic way for me to calm my mind. Beyond its calming effects, this supplement has also contributed to support bone density, which as someone in premenopause has to think about, as well as aiding muscle recovery. But what you might not know is that not all magnesium supplements are created equal. I've discovered that there are seven forms of magnesium, and while most supplements contain one or two, Magnesium Breakthrough contains all seven. What's really crazy is that most of us, almost 75% of us actually, are magnesium deficient. And if you're taking just any other magnesium, you're not getting all seven that Magnesium Breakthrough can give you. Nurture your mind and body with this all-natural, full-spectrum magnesium supplement. Simply go to buyoptimizers.com moms and use promo code moms during checkout to save 10%. And now back to the episode. So before the break, we were discussing what's gone on between Thomas and Kelsey and their relationship. And at this point, police have found Thomas's body in the trunk of a Mercedes way out off road, you know, where where no one really is. And so as soon as Judy gets this devastating news that Thomas has been found murdered, she tells police, look at Kelsey Turner. She really believed that she was involved. 
So Judy tells investigators about how Tom has been giving Kelsey money and taking care of her rent and her car, but she doesn't elaborate on the full nature of their relationship. On March 8th, a search warrant for Kelsey's home was obtained and investigators were able to recover several items of evidence from the house. One such piece of evidence was a white and blue striped towel that matched the towel that was removed from the trunk of the Mercedes. Additionally, one of the bedroom doors to an upstairs bedroom appeared to have been ripped off the hinges and broken into two pieces. Both halves of these doors had a lot of blood on them. In the garage, more blood was found along with shoe impressions, cleaning supplies, and further evidence of a cleanup. Officers were able to trace Kelsey's cell phone to find out more about her location and movements from February 7th to March 8th, and they found out that her cell phone was primarily in the area of her house with some variants from March 1st to March 5th. On March 5th, her phone appeared to be away from the house, and then after 5.20 p.m. on March 6th, her phone left the area of her home and it never returned. This was interesting because Thomas had just paid her rent on March 1st, and her lease wasn't going to be over until June of 2019, so it doesn't make any sense why Kelsey, having her rent being paid already, would just up and leave. So her cell phone data shows that on March 7th, her phone was powered off and never turned back on again. Officers also noted that her phone was shut off after news broke that Thomas's body had been found. By March 12th, police had learned more information about the Mercedes that Thomas was found in. As we mentioned, the car was registered to someone in San Francisco, but it hadn't been reported stolen. So as it turned out, the owner of the car actually lived in China. So this guy had placed a Craigslist ad asking for someone to take over his car payments, and he showed documents proving that Kelsey Turner is the one who agreed to take over these payments. She actually paid $2,500 down to the owner, and he even agreed to put her on his insurance, and she would pay him $542 a month until the loan was paid off. Obviously, we know Kelsey wasn't paying this, but Tom was. Either way, this told officers that the Mercedes did in fact belong to Kelsey Turner, and it had been in her possession for months. And of course, the fact that she hasn't reported it stolen or missing is highly suspicious. Thomas's phone records were reviewed on March 12th, and investigators found that his phone had no outgoing voice calls or text messages after March 3rd, which narrowed down the date of his murder to sometime between March 3rd and March 6th, which we already knew. By March 13th, Kelsey's phone still hadn't been turned back on, and she had still not returned to the house that she was living in. So investigators believed she had gone into hiding after she found out Thomas's body was discovered, and they also believed that she was responsible for his murder. They issued an open murder warrant for her arrest and got to work trying to find her. It took them a week, but finally on March 21st, FBI agents tracked her down in Stockton, California, where she was found in a house in a semi-industrial area close to a railroad track, and she had her four-year-old son with her. Upon her arrest, Kelsey revealed that she was actually pregnant with her second baby, which, of course, really complicates matters. And this ended up leading to some issues with getting her extradited back to Vegas. So that was put on hold. When Kelsey walked into the interrogation room to meet with the lead detective, she allegedly acted very seductively towards the officer up until the moment that they read her rights to her. And then she became emotionless and said she wanted a lawyer. So Kelsey's dad could not believe what his daughter was going through, and he told the Californian that she had been falsely accused. He said she was a great person and a wonderful and loving mother. 
He also created a GoFundMe to raise money for Kelsey's legal defense, where he wrote that Kelsey had always gone out of her way to help others, and now she was the one who needed help herself. He was trying to raise $50,000, but this GoFundMe was actually taken down within a few days. The most obvious question on everyone's minds was whether or not Kelsey could have pulled this off on her own. Tom was almost six feet tall and weighed about 250 pounds. It did not seem likely at all that Kelsey could have killed him and moved his body to the trunk of the car without someone helping her. Meanwhile, results from some of the forensic tests were starting to trickle in, and it was learned that the latent prints found in the car belonged to two of Kelsey's roommates. One of them was her boyfriend, Logan, and the other was the girl named Diana Pena. They were able to identify their prints because Diana's were actually already on file due to having worked at Caesar's Palace, which I didn't even like think of that, but it makes sense that the casinos would would fingerprint you and run a background check before you're allowed to work in a casino. And Logan's were on file because, of course, as we said, he had a prior criminal record, so he was really easy to identify. Further investigation revealed that Diana had not shown up for her job since March 6th, and both she and Logan's phones had also been shut off since around the same time Kelsey's went dark. They did find out that Diana checked into a hotel room at the Rio on March 4th. So officers went to the Rio and they searched and ended up finding five pieces of paper that had Tom's name on them that had actually been removed from his planner where he kept financial notes and password information. They also found prescription bottles belonging to Diana, as well as Kelsey's driver's license. And this led them to believe that all three of the suspects had been staying in this hotel room together. Warrants were issued for the arrests of Diana and Logan on April 5th. They were also charged with open murder, and then at the same time, Kelsey had an added charge of conspiracy thrown on top. Officers began searching for all three of them. On April 13th, Diana surrendered herself to the police and gave a full confession about the events that involved Thomas's murder. Diana said that on March 2nd, after she finished her bartending shift at Caesar's Palace, she asked Kelsey for a ride. When Kelsey showed up, Tom was in the car with her. Tom was actually driving the car, but they ended up getting lost on the way back to the house, so he gave his phone to Kelsey so she could pull up the GPS. Kelsey started looking through his phone and found messages between her mom and Tom, so he's been in contact with Kelsey's mother. These messages actually included talk about possibly having Kelsey's son taken away. So after Kelsey saw these messages, she started attacking Tom. She was hitting and kicking him while they were still inside the car. So when they arrived back at Kelsey's house, the conflict continued to escalate. Kelsey actually threatened to report Tom to his employer for allegedly having child sex abuse materials on his phone. That was absolutely not on there. She was just making that kind of threat because imagine what that would do to his whole entire life if someone actually thought that. So Diana, who was at the house while this fight was going on, said that Tom seemed confused and he just kept telling Kelsey that he loved her and didn't know why she was acting that way. Diana ended up having another trusted friend come over to pick up Kelsey's son when it became clear that this fight was getting really out of hand. So Tom tries to give Kelsey some space by going up to the room where he had been sleeping and just closing the door. But Kelsey comes up and she continues yelling at him. Eventually, her boyfriend, Logan, joined in on the screaming and the yelling. He seemingly was getting more and more riled up the more Kelsey went on. So at some point, Logan broke down the door and began assaulting Tom with a baseball bat. 
At this point, Diana started screaming for them to stop and begging the rest of the group to calm down. Diana said she noticed a big red and purple bruise on Tom's right temple. Diana then took the bat from Logan and managed to persuade him to ease up on Tom. Diana also urged them to take Tom to the hospital, and they said they would. Tom got rinsed off in a bathroom, and then he waited in the back of Kelsey's car for a ride to the hospital. Tom said that he planned on saying he'd been mugged so Kelsey wouldn't face any legal trouble. So after Tom was already in the car, he decided that he wanted his jacket, so Kelsey and Logan go inside to get it. While they're inside taking forever to return the jacket, Tom said to Diana, quote, you know they're going to kill me, end quote, which I can't oh imagine hearing wow. that or saying that. That's just terrible. The, but this is after you've already been beat in the head with a baseball bat. And so, like, I can't imagine how terrified he must have been. And also thinking, like, these are the same people that are supposed to take me to the hospital. Yeah. Like, that. all of that is just very just upsetting to think about that whole scene unfolding at that totally. house in that garage. Yeah. So when Kelsey and Logan came back, they told Diana to go upstairs and clean up the mess they had made during this big fight they had in the bedroom while Tom stayed behind in the garage. Diana went inside the house, and very shortly after that, the next thing she heard was Kelsey screaming and swearing at Logan and demanding that he knock Thomas out. So Diana runs back to the garage telling Kelsey, you know, trying to tell Kelsey that they need to stop. But Kelsey actually came into the house as Diana was going back out there and told Diana that it was too late. Tom was already dead. Logan soon emerged from the garage covered in blood, including blood splatter on his face. In his hand was a blood-soaked gun, which he had just used to beat Tom to death with while Kelsey egged him on. Diana was in utter shock, and at that moment, she feared for her own life as well. She thought if she didn't just do what they said and help them clean up, they would beat her to death too. I can't imagine seeing that, like the sight of Logan coming in covered in blood. I mean, and what, like, what no one do? knows how they would react in that situation. Of course, everyone would be like, oh, you run away and call the police. But you can see how, like, your brain is not wired to process what's going on that quickly in that type of a situation. So Diana ended up just, as I said, going inside and kind of autopilot. She, like, just went and started doing things around the house. She later fled with Logan and Kelsey and Kelsey's son to go to this hotel room, and they left Tom's body in the car at the house. At some point, Logan went and disposed of Tom's phone and rounded up a few of his buddies to go with him to abandon the Mercedes in the desert. He told Kelsey and Diana he had lit the car on fire, but clearly that didn't work out as planned. As we said, there was evidence of a fire being started, but it didn't catch. Diana, Kelsey, and Logan, and Kelsey's son all stayed in this hotel room together until Tom's body was discovered, and when they found out it had been discovered, they immediately left and went to a different motel. Then they briefly stayed with friends before somebody drove them to California. Diana said she eventually convinced Kelsey and Logan to let her go back to Vegas and said that she had a friend who could get her a job without an ID. Kelsey and Logan did let Diana go back, but they warned her that they would be watching her. But Diana really didn't care. She immediately turned herself into the police and told them her story as soon as she got back to Vegas. Diana agreed to testify in front of a grand jury, and then she pleaded guilty to being an accessory to murder. She was released on her own recognizance, but she faced up to five years in prison. 
Her fate wouldn't end up being decided, though, until after Kelsey and Logan went through the court system. Logan was arrested at his mom's house in Las Vegas on April 17th. He pleaded not guilty to all charges. During his arraignment, he flashed Kelsey a note that read, this is just, just know I'm rolling my eyes as I say this, love you, low mama. <laughs> the important things. The important Very, things. yeah, obviously. <laughs> But in June of 2022, Logan has a change of heart and pleaded guilty to second-degree murder with a deadly weapon and conspiracy to commit murder. He was sentenced to serve between 18 to 45 years in prison. Logan's attorney placed the blame on Kelsey and said she was a master manipulator and Logan stood no chance against her tactics because he was in love with her. They called the murder a crime of passion. In November of 2022, Kelsey entered an Alford plea to second-degree murder, which means she admitted that there was enough evidence to prove that she was guilty, but she wasn't going to admit her guilt. She ended up being sentenced to serve 10 to 25 years in prison. By this time, Kelsey had given birth to the baby she was pregnant with when she was first arrested. Prosecutors said Kelsey had instructed Logan to attack Tom, and then after he was dead, they left him to rot in the car that he paid for. Furthermore, after Kelsey was arrested, she had tried to get a GoFundMe for legal expenses, and she was even in talks to be on the prison drama. This is love after lockup, but that's not true. It's love during lockup. And Mandy, <laughs> I, I saw a clip. I found a clip. I went to Reddit, and they told me where it was, and I. But sent is it love to during you. lockup like? Did they have a whole show of love during lockup? Yes, or was they that, also have. Oh my yes, gosh, they have life really? after lockup. There's so <laughs> many spinoffs. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Oh my gosh. What a crazy connection for you, Melissa. <laughs> it really was. But yeah, there is on the life during lockup. I did not like the guy that she was apparently talking to. But no. um, but they bleep out her name because he literally said, but you can see him clearly say Kelsey. And who knows if this is all true, but it would make sense. He was like, she's looking at time for murder, but she hasn't gotten sentenced yet or whatever. But it's definitely her. I'm glad they didn't give her any camera time. So the defense said, quote, I do wholeheartedly disagree with the state's recitation of the facts. I am, however, glad that Kelsey will have a chance at rebuilding her life moving forward. I am also grateful for the closure for all parties, end quote. Tom's longtime girlfriend, Judy, testified at the hearing and said it was really hard for her to accept the brutal way that Tom was killed. In February 2023, Diana's sentencing hearing was held, and she was given a sentence of probation not to exceed three years. She sat down with 2020 for an interview and said that when she saw Logan emerge from the garage covered in blood, she had never been more scared in her entire life. She described it as just being a real-life terror and said that she turned around and started washing dishes because it was the only thing that she could do to calm herself down. She said Kelsey was willing to kill Tom because he was threatening to take everything away. Logan is currently jailed in High Desert State Prison, while Kelsey is at the Florence McClure Women's Correctional Center. Logan also wrote a letter to ABC where he pretty much continued to play the victim and said that he wanted to help others that were involved in similar situations. He wants to show people that toxic love situations aren't always what they seem, which I don't even know what you mean by that. <laughs> Are they more toxic? Is that what you mean? Right. Because that makes sense. But right. That's Especially in context of this whole story. I'm like, what do you mean by that? Because it seems pretty clear of what toxic relationships can lead to. Absolutely. Seems <laughs> like a yeah, it seems pretty spot on. Right. So that same month, ID series, the Playboy murders, which is 
the show that Melissa and I were actually just on an episode of the same series season one, they released an episode about Tom's murder. As I said, that's season one, it's episode six, if you're interested in checking that out. And it's so sad, because it looks like Judy and Tom had kind of come to this point of cutting her off and like letting leaving her to her own devices but something about it tom just couldn't let go so even him going there to like check out if she's telling the truth i'm sure there was something to that but like for sure but also i think he just he said it was like heroin to him so there was a connection that he had with her that unfortunately you know she took advantage of and for whatever reason you know you can people can have their feelings on you know their relationship as a whole but Thomas, obviously, as a human being, human beings get attached emotionally to other human beings. Kelsey had a young son, you know, like that most he was a child psychiatrist. Like, you can't tell me all that didn't play on his psyche and keep him pulled into like wanting to help her, you know, and wanting to, you know, through helping her would also be helping her young son and helping them have a better life. So you can see where he would get emotionally attached he got emotionally attached to his patients you know Mm. there's no way he wasn't like deeply emotionally attached to this relationship with kelsey and her son and feeling that he was really doing something good in their lives and i truly believe that he did think that and that that was you know what kept him wanting to make sure they were okay i absolutely agree with you 100 percent So Mandy, we have been talking about social media and influencers, and for last thing before we go, I thought I would ask you a few questions pertaining to social media and wanted to see how how you would answer them. Yes. So these are as of 2023, obviously no new stats in 2024, but Mandy, almost how much of traffic on Google comes from people looking for the search term Google? Like people go on Google and going on Google. Google and Googling Google? Yes, ma'am. They are. But you got to tell me how much. 3.4%, 6.3%, 7.2%, or 8%. I'm going to say it's high. I'm going to say it's 8%. And the, let me tell you the reason why. Okay, I could be wrong. But the reason I think that is because I sometimes will just like open up my thing and, you know, Absolutely. Google's already your homepage. And then you just type in Google. And so I think that's probably how it happens. That's exactly when you were like, I don't know how that happens. I'm like, I do it all the time. Yeah. Um, So the answer is 7.2. But you're right. It is still really high. It's crazy. Okay, Mandy, this one's about Instagram. Which one of these is not one of the top three most popular foods on Instagram that are posted? So is it which one's not sushi, pizza, salad, steak? Hmm. I feel like all those get posted a lot, but I bet steak is not one of the top actually salad i i really? like that one seemed like i feel like i see that one too much i don't want to see well me salads. too and especially in the world of influencers they're always like look at this little salad i'm eating so i feel like i see salads a lot i see it too much um yeah, yeah salad <laughs> is the one that's not but i bet it's still up there um mandy how many new members join linkedin every second whoa <laughs> yeah i know two 12 20 22 12 Okay, sorry, you're having a rough run here, but two. Um, but still, the fact that even one person joins a second kind of blew my mind because yeah, it's not my favorite place to be. Um, yeah. It makes me feel very unaccomplished and slightly dumb on there. So um, <laughs> I'm there, but I'm not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> okay, two more questions. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson has 242 million followers on Instagram. How much would it cost for him to post something on his Instagram, like for your business or something? $700,000, 
$1.1 million, $1.5 million, $1.9 million. So this is like if we were like, hey, The Rock, will you advertise Moms and Mysteries podcast for us? Like how much would we To make it on his square, how much are his squares worth? I got to say a million. Was that one of the choices? It $1.5 million is what you mean, right? $1.5 million? $1.5 million. I know. No I know. way. And do you know what he says after you buy it? You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Just came up with that. Wow, All right. I definitely need $1.5 million. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, okay, so the last one is the most popular photo on Instagram, like ever, has 56 million likes. What is this picture of? So it's got 56 million likes. Is it of the ocean, an egg, a car, or Kim Kardashian? It has to be Kim Kardashian. <laughs> I'm so glad I added that one. No, it was an egg. Oh. Just like a just, random egg. It's not like hatching or anything? It says like, um, I think it says, what's it called when you do Ripley's Believe It or Not? Not that one. World record. It says like world record egg or something. And I think that was like the whole joke is like, can you get this egg to be the most popular thing? And people went along with it. 56 million likes wow. of an egg. Good, good for the egg. I know it worked out well. They need they need way more than one point <laughs> five million. So that's it. Great job. Um, wow. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, that was fun. All right, guys. That was the show for this week. Hope you enjoyed it. We will be back next week. Same time, same place. New story. Have a great week. Bye.